Hey everybody, Dan Schinder here. And Steven Schinder here. On Yes Shift, where we talk about everything in the Yes verse and the periphery and the outer limits. And if there's ever a band that's part of the outer limits, it's Yes. Yeah, sometimes even part of the Twilight Zone, you know. (laughs) Definitely. So we've got a pretty uh, fun-packed news desk report for you. Lots going on. Can't believe it's February 15th, 2023. Uh, Where do you want to start, Stephen? Right. So, well, I guess we should start with the thing that got announced by Yes today, although it first came out um, via Prague Magazine on their Louder Sound site yesterday, which was kind of weird that it came a day early. But um, yeah, we got this announcement about Jay Shellen. And so uh, I guess I'll read the, did you all read the first bit and then I'll read the Steve Howe quote or? Sure. Uh, yes, are delighted to announce that drummer Jay Shellen has joined the band as a permanent member following the sad passing of our iconic drummer Alan White on the 26th of May, 2022. Jay will fulfill Alan's wishes in becoming the new drummer with Yes. Jay Shellen was Alan White's choice to stand in during the topographic drama tour in 2016 and share drumming duties with him from 2018 onwards. Jay had previously played alongside Yes keyboardist Jeff Downs and late bassist Chris Squire together with long working relationships with Alan and Yes bassist Billy Sherwood, of course. This gave Jay a deep insight to the workings of the dynamic rhythm session section that drives Yes, music. Yeah, and there's this quote from Steve Howe who said, We're all delighted to welcome Jay officially into the fold. He's been a great support throughout the last seven years, and we couldn't have found a better all-around team player. Yes, and uh, Jay says, I'm thrilled to become the new Yes drummer. I grew up playing along Yes Records. What drummer fan of Yes hasn't? Uh, <laughs> I certainly have, and I still do. That that I still feel like a kid. It's just about 60 when I do. Grew up playing the Yes records, and I'm proud to have worked so closely with my musical hero and great friend, Alan White, these past few years. I will strive to honor his memory as we drive towards the future with the band. We interviewed Jay uh, a few months ago. When was yeah, that? And, yeah, that was in October. October. I was it yeah. that long ago? Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, he was a really great guy to talk to, very down to earth. And we learned a bit more about his history. Um, And yeah, so what was your impression when you saw this announcement, Dad? Before I give you that, I do want to mention something. When I reflect back on that interview with Jay, you mentioned down to earth, just a a man filled with humility. And that's that's Alan Wyatt. I mean, Alan was so down to earth. (laughs) Quick story, folks, like Alan lived in the neighborhood where I grew up, not while I was growing up, but later through the 80s, the Trevor Rabin years, uh, he lived in West Hills, California, the west end of the San Fernando Valley, part of Los Angeles. That picture was taken uh, with me showing up at Alan's house um, with Stephen's older brother in my arms, who was like literally a few weeks old. And Gigi, Alan's wife, saw me driving. I pointed to the back seat. Alex was in the car seat and we pulled over and she said you got to come show alan so i followed her back to the house and alan opened the door in speedos and that tank top and a scuba tank on his back and i said and and Gigi laughed i said alan halloween is in october in the united states i don't know what you're thinking here in june or july maybe it was um and and he said well i'm going next door to fix my neighbor's drain in their pool. That's just the kind of guy he was. And I did not grow up in a wealthy area. This is just Alan and Gigi being very, a a lot of humility. So there's that similarity, which is great, which speaks to how important the chemistry is of band members. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure that played a lot into, you know, if someone was, could play impeccable yes music, just like Alan, but was a complete ass, it doesn't (laughs) work, right? It's not always just, it's never just about the playing. So kudos to that. So when I first saw this, honestly, I thought, well, we knew he was going to be like, I was a little surprised that, right? Like, this is the official announcement. So at first, I imagined Steve and Jeff saying, are you sure? Are you sure? You're sure. Billy asked him, is he sure? I'm sure. Are you sure? Like month after month. 
I have a feeling it probably had a bit to do with the business part of it, which sometimes takes time to work out. You you put two managers or a set of managers of entertainment in a room, and and it's like I don't want to say it's like watching road work being done where there's two guys doing the work and there's eight other people standing around, but there's just so much back and forth. It's a process. Trump Talk TV just got a bunch of legal work done that we needed all, all good stuff, but I, I can't believe the amount of hours in detail that went into it. So I'm, I'm wondering if that's what it is, but it was sort of a surprise. Like, like, wait a minute, is this an old report? Like, what did yeah. you think, Steve? But also pleasantly pleased, Jay earned it. And, and yeah. it's great. Great drummer, yeah. great guy. Yeah, like you say, it's nice that they're acknowledging him as an official member because it kind of yeah. seemed like uh, there are some people who are kind of questioning it, I guess, whether it was official or not. But like, I, I think I felt similar to you. Like when I saw the headline, I was like, well, duh, we kind of knew this was, was <laughs> yeah. happening. But um, I did kind of wonder if maybe they wanted to wait until after because you know alan's passing was the reason and maybe they want to hold off on like saying jay's now an official permanent member like they wanted to give the announcement its own you know space. that's that's but, valid but, yeah but but then i don't know it's been forever since you know the chris passing and billy stuff so i can't remember if there was a similar timeline there but yeah it was just kind of weird how they did this but um, again, I'm glad that they're still continuing with Jay. Like, even though we expected it, it's still nice that's going on. Yeah, it is nice to know it's solidified. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Cool. So cool. this next person we're going to, um, and um, because of our schedules, like various things that you and I have to do, like related to work and related to family and friends, um, it's going to be uh, like a couple weeks before our next episode. So we figure since uh, it's February, we might as well acknowledge Oliver Wakeman's upcoming birthday, February 26th. Yeah. Um, so uh, did you want to like, uh, should, should we talk about his recent updates? And, yeah. And, okay. Yeah. Let's um, talk about that. Great guy. We had, if you missed it, folks, we had Oliver on as well last year. Um, you could dig through our archives, whether you're listening to us on anchor.fm slash yes shift, or if you're on the YouTube channel, or which is youtube.com slash at yes shift, or here on Facebook. So if you're watching on Trump Talk TV, go over to the yes shift page, look at the videos album when you have a chance, you'll see, you'll see Bill Bruford, Steve Hackett, Steve Howe, Oliver Wakeman, list goes on, and there's still some that we're going to get. Um, so check that out. But yeah, let's go with Oliver's updates. Right. So uh, since the last time we did one of these new updates, uh, the first one he posted after that on February 1st was What a Day recording Scott Higgins' drums with Carl Groom at Clive Nolan's place whilst receiving acoustic guitar parts from Oliver Day. Meanwhile, Dave Pierce works on the electric guitar parts and the vocal sessions are going on in Surrey. Anamkara's starting to come to life. Again, Anamkara is the name of his upcoming solo album. Um, and we have a pic of like the session in the studio uh, that he posted. It looks like eh. Oliver's house or the engineer's house. His studio looks like it's his house, which is fine. Um, I've done that back in the day. I, I love that setting, actually. Just go go gorilla gangster recording studio and turn a house into a studio the cables going through all the rooms and you know isolating the drums in in a living room once before and i just love that stuff yeah and then the next day he posted off for more recording for the new album the first few songs of guitars and assorted string instruments which i received yesterday from oliver day were amazing back with scott higgum and carl groom for the rest of the drums today and then hours after that, he said, another great day of recording drums with Scott and Carl. Uh, we're all finished now. I even persuaded Scott to add some, um, I forget how that's pronounced, a Bodron? Or... Yes, yeah, Bodron, yeah. Okay. Which is an okay. Irish uh, frame drum. Yes, I remember now. Uh, and more guitars to listen to tonight from Oliver Day. And I'm having a great time working on this album. 
What do you uh, envision do, for this, Steve? Uh, Sound-wise, you does it sound just the fact that there's a Bodron leads me to think, you know, maybe this is spreading. Well, I I know he said before that it's Celtic inspired. Oh, so, I didn't know that. Okay, that's awesome. Right. Yeah. So I'm imagining something along those lines, um, which is, to my knowledge, maybe the second celtic inspired soul album by yes member I, I know the promise ring from john anderson was like that and relayer um, <laughs> yeah there's got to be a boat run in there somewhere in sound chaser right. um did you want to read this next part yeah uh where are we two-thirds uh busy evening going through the guitar parts is that what that's supposed to be no oh, it's supposed to be february 3rd but it formats oh, oh. it as a fraction for <laughs> some reason in our notes yeah <laughs> busy evening going through the guitar parts oliver day has sent me over the last couple days they sound absolutely amazing with a big smiley emoji i cannot wait for people to be able to hear this record aiming to have it recorded mixed and mastered by may that's right around the corner uh for release in autumn February yeah. 5th, not two fifths. Oh, go yeah. on. Did you have a comment and, about that? Yeah. And I think we had another pick of him with uh, oh. one of these other guys. Um, and then this next update uh, is actually related to an art piece he got. Okay. Uh, yeah. So it's, uh, which is the next pick we have. Uh, it says, latest addition to the ever increasing number of Rodney Matthews pieces of art in our house. I recently worked on a piece of music for Rodney based on this piece. Oh, yeah. And yeah, remember, we listened to a couple of things he recorded with Rodney from like years ago. So yeah, this is really, great. I love this. Yeah, Look at the detail I, I, I love, zooming in for folks. Yeah, I love that. Um, you know, having pieces of art like that from these like really great illustrators, it's just it makes for a good aesthetic. I love that. Yeah, that reminds me of a lot of fantasy art from when I was young, like late 60s early 70s when I wasn't as young but <laughs> but I remember <laughs> stuff like this and um this is great I love that yeah and then do I read this uh most recent update from the 11th yes from the 11th uh fun day today back to work with David Mark Pierce on the electric guitar parts for the new Anam Kara project had the drum recordings back today as well so looking forward to hearing them it's slowly coming together. That sounds pretty rapid to me, especially hoping to have it done mixed mastered by May, which is in our yeah. world three weeks away, it feels like. Yeah, and aiming for an autumn release. So pretty yeah. soon we'll be having him to like talk about it and that'll be a lot of fun. Absolutely. Um, yeah, yep. we'll have to bring him on again. Um, so yeah. since his birthday is coming up, um, he's got to be... Um, 51 but in my head i still think of him as being in those like mid 30s which i'm sure he'd love hearing but yeah um what do you think overall of his contributions to yes and to like i guess music in general working backwards to music in general i think he's keeping uh, in a big way classic prog alive without it becoming too neo prog he's also bringing a contemporary uh, elements to it, which is great. But I, I really have to say some people, I don't know how other people feel about this and folks chime in, in the comments. I'd love to know. I like that he's using a lot of the classic synthesizer sounds that his dad and Keith Emerson really, you know, stamped prog rock with the mini Moog sounds and some other things. I, and he's a great orchestrator and composer. Um, so I think his contributions overall to music are great, keeping that aspect of music alive, which dried up a lot, especially in the United States through the 80s. And his contributions to Yes are are great. Uh, you know, we saw him perform live. The initial recordings on Fly From Here um, from a page stuff is just great. And the other ancillary work, the other stuff he's done with Steve Howe is just beautiful. In fact, when I take the doggies for a ride, Sometimes if they start barking at people for whatever crazy freaking reason, I that CD is queued up and I put on him with Steve Howe and they just mellow out. It's great. Yeah, and I love the stuff he did with Gordon Giltrap in that box Absolutely. set as well. Mm -hmm. um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I echo much of those um, sentiments. He 
he's a really good collaborator. Like you see how well he works with all these different people. And it, even like within those yes sessions for from a page, I just love the creativity that he was able to inject like on the song, um, turn of a card he even provides like backing vocals like behind Benoit and it goes along so well. Yeah. And like keyboard solo on stuff like um, to the moment, it's just really adds a lot of gravitas to that. And yeah, he's very busy and very like forward thinking. And it's really great that we have musicians who can like still like do all this and like provide updates so that we are like kept in the loop about it. So yeah. Yeah, so happy early birthday to Oliver Wakeman. Absolutely. All right, so this next item, um, I found out about this because, uh, well, first off, let me read off a few comments. I see Adam Parrish says, oh. hi, guys. Glad it's official that Jay is now a permanent member of Yes. The first solo album of Oliver's, which I bought, was called Heaven's Isle. Definitely worth a listen. Okay. Yeah, also, um, I just want to ask Adam, because, Adam, I'm sorry, off the top of my head, where are you located I don't recall where you're located. I, let me know. Let us know. Oh, yeah, I think um, I think he lives in England, if I remember. Oh, okay. Correctly, but um, I, I thought so too. But I hoped closer, um, right. only because I I need to jam with some yes musicians. Yeah, I don't. I live so. For those who don't know, I live in a small mountain. They call it a city. It's funny. It's hard for my wife and I to say city, but it's incorporated, so it's a city, not a town. There's like seventy two hundred people here. There's, there's a couple great musicians here who I'm actually doing a little project with, but I would love to jam with some yes musicians. Um, yeah, and everyone's people just so who could play yes music, you mean? Yeah, and, and I mean in person. I know we can all do the remote thing, but I want to feel the vibe, you know, eat, eat something, play together, and just have that vibe in the room and let it just erupt with close to the edge or heart of the sunrise or throw a dart any holy lamb for goodness sakes i'll play holy lamb okay i i just would love that um and we have another comment from curtis Cords who says hey steven long live yes and never mind yeah, hey, the older curtis. guy <laughs> <laughs> just kidding <laughs> yeah okay adam is from sheffield, sheffield. uh and i see brian cahoon said hello guys um over on Trump talk tv and comfortable recording setup. And he also said Wizard of Oz a few minutes ago. I'm not sure what that's referring to. And, oh, he says hardcore holy lambs. <laughs> and then Ezzy Chibiki says very impressive. I'm not sure what that's referring to, but thanks for tuning in. Hopefully Oliver. Or yeah. maybe it's a comment for Jay. Let us yeah, know. Maybe. Because we don't always um, see the comments in real time. You know, we might see it a minute right. later or five minutes later. So if there's no reference, like we're just kind of guessing. <laughs> right. Oh, Bra I, wait, wait, I got to mention, give Brian Cahoon a, a shout out because he's a super fan of Drum Talk TV. And I love Brian's constant stream of consciousness in the comments. And like, I'll play like a an eight or 20 minute song and then I'll see all these comments by Brian, but I don't know what the context is. It's great. I, I love the interaction. We encourage you to do that, folks. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, and Brian clarified that uh, the Rodney Matthews painting looked Oz-like, which oh. I kind of I see now. Like, it yeah. does kind of look like some of those illustrations that were made for, like, the old, like, Oz books. Yeah. Is it Oz or Ounce? Oz, you know, like Wizard of Oz. It's not an abbreviation for Ounce, though. <laughs> Maybe he was the Wizard of Weight Measures or... Right. Um, Adam Parrish also said, let's jam out to Sound Chaser sometime. To yeah. <laughs> Come to the United States. Come to the United States because right. I don't move my gear. Or I'll come there if you can supply. A let's figure this <laughs> out and let's get, let's find a guitar player, bass player. Let's get this. Oh, I know the bass player would be, help me. We're friends with him on Facebook. I'm having a senior moment. I, um, he has a Rickenbacker like Chris. Dark hair, um, glasses. Ugh. I think he's yeah, in I'm England. I'm drawing a blank as well. Yeah, maybe I should go there because I think he's in England as well. I feel bad. I can't think of his name, especially if he's watching. Good grief. All right. So okay, sorry. This next item um, I found out about thanks to Simon Barrow posting it on Twitter. And this is a John Davison interview with Ramzine, which 
from the sound of some of the comments, what seems like it was conducted um, shortly before the second Arc of Life album came out a couple months mm, ago. Okay. But, but there are some interesting stuff in here. Um, like, you can tell that John Davison, you, you know, he talks about how John Anderson is incomparable, so he doesn't try to be like him, and that makes it easier for him. Um, so that's really it, nice. It, you know, does yeah. it say anything in there in that regard? I didn't read it yet, folks. Sorry. Um, does it say anything in there? Do they ask him what's it like, the pressure of people comparing and saying it's not yes without John or it's not yes without you know Peter or whatever did, did he, you know <laughs> well did, he did he does say, get asked um is yes a continuation of the same band with different members or a separate entity under the same name and he says I would say a healthy blend of both it's an ever-evolving balance the same question could have been asked when the then current lineup with Steve Howe became a no Peter Banks version of Yes, yeah. or the Wakeman version replacing the one with Tony K. And on and on, every iteration that question is is fair. So it's it makes it sort of a dumb question, or if we want to give it a little more credit, it's almost a, a platitude now. Like like of course it's a it's a continuation because that's what's been going on for fifty four years. Yeah. Um, another interesting little bit here that he revealed is that, uh, you know, he's been touring with John Lodge. I think they have some shows coming up and apparently he and John's band at 10,000 light years are working on an exciting studio endeavor, which will be revealed in the near future. Nice. So, yeah, I don't think we've heard anything about that. Mm -mm. Um, yeah, and I'm just skimming through this uh, to see if there's anything else I caught. Um, okay, yeah, they mentioned the Relayer tour that's coming up in a few months. But yeah, it's a nice little interview that, again, reinforces the humility that John Davison has, you know? Yeah. Um, and, oh, he did mention, um, like, how Heaven and Earth, like, what went wrong was, like, the producer side of things. He, he says he has respect for Roy Thomas Baker, but there's just something up and it just wasn't a good fit. And, you know, Steve Howe has blamed Roy Thomas Baker as well in the past. So. You know, I'm surprised they brought Roy in. If you think back to the Yes Years, you know, film. Yeah, and the and, Paris sessions. <laughs> yeah, and, and they're talking about Roy Thomas Baker. And I think it was um, Trevor... Rabin that said it's like when they were in that backstage just catering room or whatever and yeah. Trevor said you got this you know giant drums on it tiny little keyboards and then they end up having him on board so recently I wonder who else they asked that wasn't available or declined or if they went straight to Roy and why they went to Roy if I don't know if there's there's a puzzle there that I'd like to have the missing pieces filled in? And I think that's a valid question. I'm not being critical. They're the ones that opened that loop way back then in 1989, 90, or 91. So, like, what's the story behind that? I'd like this to know the story behind all the producers besides Eddie Offord. I'd like to know mm -hmm. how did they get Bruce? And Bruce, bless Bruce for creating such yeah. a great sound in that album on the ladder. I wonder if they would have keep kept using him had he not passed but you know don't you agree that 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 that'd be nice to hear the stories why do you pick this one then that one why'd you go to this guy that you criticized x years back? <laughs> did he redeem himself with some piece that we don't know about or all right know. yeah i don't know but um but yeah he was complimentary to steve howe's approach as producer on the quest great um and the other vocalist interview a, a really big one um uh so this was uh from rolling stone and it was actually benoit david's uh perhaps his first interview in about a decade you know after leaving yes and this was huge i, I was in the barber shop when i saw this and so i was like reading it while i was waiting and it was actually before i went to the uh, before I got online for the John Anderson Patreon thing, which I'll sum up in a bit, but okay. Um, Sorry, but yeah. I gotta corral my doggy out of the way. Stay with the cables. Okay. 
Yeah, but th this interview that they did with Benoit really was surprising because it's like, oh, he's finally like talking about all this and you get like some of the warts of it, but you also get like some of the good stuff that happened. Um, I was kind of surprised when he said he wasn't nervous when he auditioned, when he like basically auditioned by like singing along with Steve Howe playing a, a guitar and because like if it were me, I would be kind of nervous about messing up in front of Steve Howe, you know? Yeah. Um, he did mention that Chris was a bit harsh. And, you know, he goes into more detail. But oh, he really? does. Yeah, but he does say later that, you know, things would resolve themselves. Um, but you can tell that, like, you know, there's definitely some good and some bad. And it seems like he didn't care much for well the impression i get is that like the industry you know it's a huge beast to navigate through and sometimes it's not all good um but yeah. he was also respectful in, in the interview and um and I, I also liked how he said that oliver was basically his buddy like i could just imagine like those two just hanging out like yeah. pals um but yeah what what do you think of all this and like the timing of this the timing's interesting because i don't know what it's tied to other than you know we've talked about getting him on um and so i don't know what it's tied to but it's nice to finally have that unpacked by the man himself you know it mm -hmm. it it uh, if you read it and i haven't but i want to read that and i will it eliminates any guesswork or hypotheses and whatnot. So I'm I'm glad that someone got to him, even though it wasn't us first, which is fine. Right. Yeah. I was just like um, interested in seeing that he was like finally able to say something, you know. Yeah. And uh, you know, he he said that he was asked if he would ever see yes if they go to Montreal or his neck of the woods, and he said, "Yeah, I think I would." Like I'd try and meet them backstage and whatnot like something See, to that effect was but, the um, issue of fly from here covered oh yeah he um the interviewer did mention return trip and he was like yeah i heard that trevor horn re-recorded it with his vocals good for him um because and he said that he knew that trevor wasn't always completely happy with the original version because like he would try to get Benoit to sing like him so he's he's like he's not surprised and it's basically uh the business you know yeah um, I, I still think that that's a weird thing yeah you know? like I want both versions available together um but uh, it was also one thing that was nice was how complimentary he was toward John Davison he said yeah I've I've never met him but I've heard how he sounds and it's like, no wonder that they went with him and that they yeah. continue with him. For the record, no pun intended. I, I th loved fly from here with Benoit. You know, I thought he did a great job. He wasn't trying to sound like anybody. Yeah. There's some similarity to Trevor Horn and now we know more even why, but he sounds like a singer. He sounds like him. And I, I thought it suited the music really well. And that's from someone who has a reel-to-reel -reel tape of the 1980 Madison Square Garden's bootleg with Trevor Horn that I listened to them play the original Fly From Here, which was a, one of two songs that didn't make it on the drama album. So I've had that and listened to it ever since 1980. And then to, to hear a new singer and then go, oh, that, that actually works really well. And he did a great job on the album. I was very pleased with it. Hardcore Yes fan since 1970, 71. And then to hear that Trevor, that they just kind of replaced him, I thought that was just so odd. Like, why didn't they just have Trevor from the beginning? <laughs> the whole yeah. thing. That's just weird. That's just, it's almost like you brought it up once and we may have covered this on the show. I don't remember. Yeah, we, we did an episode on yeah, it. It about was one of our early ones. Trying to, yeah. Did they erase his him from the yes history yeah and we what it came down to was like we know that the yes fans won't forget that he's like that he did that and like for me it's easier to sort of um what's the word um 
like it's a bit easier to accept since like from a page came out and i feel like that's a better showcase of benoit's vocals with yes i agree Um, yeah um i see a comment from pete wilder who said bruce did a great job on the ladder and um oh i think this next one he says is in regards to benoit the tours are grinding it's not for most folks yeah like some of the touring was like really um took a toll on benoit's voice yeah yeah you know a lot of people think that it's so glamorous and there are some glamorous elements but it's not like it was a few decades ago where you do a show you finish it 10 or 11 p.m and you party till one or two and you sleep till 10 a.m then get on the bus or the plane it's not like that anymore i remember texting with uh todd Zuckerman after the sticks show the first concert in person my wife and i went to since the beginning of the pandemic back in i think it was september and um he he says yeah i gotta get up at five to catch the next flight and it's like you know it's just so different now and it it's very grinding and that's what you get paid for you perform mm-hmm. for free and you get paid to be away from the family and to travel and that that schedule and just, you know, there's so many elements that could totally go sideways and it's, it's not all fun. It's, it's not all right. fun. Yeah. So this interview is definitely a must read, I would say. Um, and Adam and- Parrish is chiming in again saying, I like both, I like both versions of fly from here. I think it would have been good to put them together in a box set. Yeah. We, we both agree with almost yeah. like a program you know, that would that would be cool. That kind of tells the story, good, bad, or indifferent, just an honest, here's what yeah, happened, here's what went down, here's why it got redone, here's how that worked. Yeah, and um, it looks like a flight program thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> ooh, with tickets, boarding passes. Yeah. <gasps> what a great idea, Steve. Airmail yeah. stamp on the box. That's that's great. Um, also, I, I also want to mention for Benoit's sake, the the show was great you know we saw the yeah. show asia opened and then it, it was them and he did a really great job live you know he sounded wonderful had great stage presence he was a good performer yeah and i mean i remember online there was some backlash but over the years people have been saying yeah i prefer benoit and it's it's really f- funny like how things like sort of evolve over time you know? and equalize yeah yeah because like the backlash I don't think backlash would exist if he or John Davidson weren't replacing such iconic singers plus member plus founder. Like that would just eliminate all that. If he was in a band and that's the first time you heard of him and it happened to be yes and that was like, you wouldn't question it. But it's all, people are so caught up often in comparisons and so they got to rate them and you're not worthy and it's not yes without so and so like i truly wonder if there's any fans who discovered yes with the relayer album and then with that change going to going for the one oh no more pat moraz no more epics you know what's with this commercial stuff and the short songs i'm never going back like does it is anyone out there like that's the (laughs) only yes to them i wonder Right. I, I mean, I did recently see um, someone say that the in the present tour lineup with Benoit and Oliver that that's their yes and interesting. That's, yeah, that's like really interesting. About, I'd like to know that. when did they discover? How did they discover? And what age are they for context? I just yeah. I wonder. Yeah. So um, that's that Rolling Stone interview. Um, I also saw there was um, Forgotten Yesterday's shared a link to another. Rolling Stone thing, which I thought was kind of funny because, like, Forgotten Yesterday's its caption was like, Yes, made number three, woohoo. But the f- list was, um, it, it was something like worst albums by brilliant or bad albums by brilliant <laughs> artists. And like, Union was at number three. And I was like, Oh, okay, yeah, I guess. <laughs> but, um, but like, I wasn't even mad. I was just like laughing because of the caption, like, Yes, made the list, woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. Um, so you uh, not only watched and attended, but participated in John Anderson's most recent Patreon Ask John Anything, um, 
tell everybody your question, his answer. And if you don't mind, give a summary recapping some other interesting questions and answers. And of course, anything funny, because John's funny. Without trying to be funny, John's funny. When he tries to be funny, he's even funnier. Yeah, so this was about a week ago. And John was a little late because uh, he drove to the bank. And I guess there was miscommunication about the time it would start. But um, he got there and like, the chat, the Q and A thing was a fun time. Um, my question, um, I actually went ahead and asked him your question, which was, "Oh yeah, um, what what do you think of Virgil Howe's Yes remixes, and uh, like if he knew what the any other of the other members thought?" Yeah, and for and, those of you for context, those of you not familiar with it, was that two thousand three? Yeah, two thousand three. Virgil Howe Yes remixes. It's it's amazing it's it's in general it's not even my type of music so i was kind of like like i appreciate that i've got a, a son-in-law who does electronic music and stuff like that and and because it was you did this to my yes music you did this to my band yes it was like <laughs> i held off and when i heard it this is freaking brilliant i mean it's it's so good if you haven't heard it you've got and it'll either you'll either love it or you'll go you it just won't resonate with you but it's you got to recognize the brilliance of it, whether or not it resonates with you. So go ahead. Yeah. So John's answer, um, he said, I, I loved Virgil so much. Like I love Steve. Uh, he was a gent and he and Damien, uh, that's John's son, were big friends. And uh, John said he loved the mixes that Virgil did. And he's not sure like what the other members thought. Uh, he, he said something like, you know, I don't like bring them up and like, oh, oh, mate, what do you think of this? Uh, I'm kind of yeah, surprised so. to tell you the truth. I would think, I just would think they'd jump on the phone and say, have you heard this yet? It's garbage. Or have you heard this yet? <laughs> this is amazing. We should do everything like this. I just wonder, like, why not? They're, that, anyways, that's my, so I have, a, I have a next question. If it doesn't have to be the next one, because you should ask what you want to ask John on the next one. But for maybe for the one after that, can I submit one more question to you right now? And we'll also see what everybody else thinks. Uh, sure. Ask him which fly from here he prefers. Oh, David, my gosh. Benoit or, <laughs> or Trevor. Uh, I know. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel like he probably hasn't listened to either in full if at all if at like, all yeah or like maybe knows, a little bit of the knows. benoit one but otherwise like yeah i don't yeah. know but um <laughs> yeah so I'll, I'll run through um these other things he brought up in the okay q a um i'm trying to get past like the stuff that he repeated from previous ones um and by the way i would like to know what he thought of drama back then and if he has a different view of it now whatever the view was then i that's a valid question yeah, it could be interesting yeah the first time you got replaced how long before you heard it if you ever heard it what'd you think that's a valid question right so um someone uh mentioned brian chatton's book which said that john did a single called armageddon with a group called fragile in the early 70s and john said he doesn't remember armageddon and that <laughs> brian's a lovely guy but might have made it up like been full of it type of thing like he was like <laughs> being all jokey about it but um uh, he says uh they should re-release um uh, so a thousand hands chapter two i i think he said it comes out next year and that it would be a good idea to re-release a thousand hands chapter one like alongside it so that hmm. might be what happens um let's see and wasn't Claire uh, Hamill in Fragile, or she is now? Uh, yeah, she was in Fragile, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I think this would have been early 70s, like whether the book said, so it wouldn't even have been the same band, you know, if it oh, was. Oh, gotcha. That's, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, at some point, John said that life is the teacher and the awakening of consciousness is an everyday event and the journey is to find the divine um oh it was uh so february 8th was the birthday of someone on the call her name was erin and john sang happy birthday to her oh that's um, so sweet yeah and uh, john was asked what advice would he give your 20 year old self 
And uh, he, at first he's like, carry on, John, don't worry. <laughs> um, <laughs> don't need so he, many magic mushrooms, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he mentioned how he was um, kind of going through some tough times when he was 23 while living in, well, maybe not living in, but while uh, in Munich for a bit. And uh, he sat in a field called English Garden and was trying to figure out why he's there. And then he heard a voice that said, John, nothing matters. And then he went to an to the apartment and saw a telegram from his mother saying that a band in Frankfurt wanted him to sing with them. Huh. Um, and uh, he, he brought up the movie Everything Everywhere All at Once again, because, you know, it has that same saying, like, nothing matters and just how vindicated he felt like seeing that. Interesting. Um, so what he feels 23, he's 78 now. So where would he have been? Yeah, in this his... would have been a year before, yes, okay. pretty much. He's 78. Um, That's just amazing. Yeah, he says he can't wait for his 80th year, which technically would be when he turns 79. Um, right. Um, so he also mentioned uh, Zamran, and I was trying to remix it again. You know, the Elias of Sun Hillow sequel. Um, he said, just started remixing it a week ago, so that will be two weeks ago now. Um, I thought it wasn't uh, right and went looking for another song to put in somewhere. And I, let's see, trying to make sure I don't repeat what we've already talked about. Okay. Um, first album will be called Zamran, Son of Elias. So that makes me think he's going to, since it's like a four hour thing, I'm guessing it's going to come in a couple volumes. Um, yeah. He, he thinks All at he once, has, do you think? Has he mentioned that? Is it going to trickle out in um, volumes or bo big box set? I don't think he's clarified that, but he says he thinks he has a record company interested and fingers crossed that it comes out by the end of the year. Um, he also mentioned Opus Opus and how he was originally could call it Hopeless Opus, but then thought that wouldn't work. Um, hopeless oh, Opus. He also said the, that the record company that was interested in Xamarin said uh, the day before this Q&A, if we do a deal with you, could you please do it in surround sound? And John was like, yes. And um, he also has a dozen songs from people around the world he worked with over the years, which he'll include in Xamarin. So, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. And someone else asked him what a typical day in his life is. Uh, he says, wakes up, dreams a lot, meditates at 4 a.m. every day, which surprised a lot of us to hear 4 a.m. part. Did you say he drinks um, a lot in the morning? No, dream a lot. Oh, 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 sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know. Um, I wanted to say, what's he drinking? And he likes breakfast in bed, uh, listens to Rachmaninoff, uh, stuff like the piano concerto three while oh. walking, goes into the studio. And over the past two years, he's been working on Opus Opus and Xamarin. He FaceTimes Mick Byrne, who is in Ireland. He's the guy who makes like the YouTube videos with the visuals for him. Yeah. Uh, and they talk about the music and stuff. And he does when he does grocery shopping, um, uh, his wife Jane uh, t tells him, always greet people with love. And so John is like, they reflect who you are. So when he goes to Vons or Walmart, He'll smile at people and be like, hey, how's it going? And uh, no, it's also... probably more like, hey, how's it going? Groovy. <laughs> yeah, he also goes to Trader Joe's. Um, Where's he and... living now? Is he still in uh, San Luis Obispo area? No, he's in. Uh... I th he might be like somewhere in California. Yeah, maybe um, he's still in that area. Yeah, and he says he feels tired at 4 p.m. And that's when he has to nap and then. They make dinner and watch a movie. So, yeah, it's it's just interesting to think about like John going to like these everyday places, like Walmart, Walmart, Vons, Trader Joe's. Yeah. Like, imagine bumping into him at one of those. I know that that's funny. A uh, breakfast in bed. That's kind of interesting. I don't like breakfast in bed. I first oh, of all, wow. <laughs> yeah, it's uncomfortable for me to sit in that position with my legs straight out, and and then I just make there's too much risk of a mess. So I I don't. I'm fine not doing breakfast. That's just me. John's okay. 78. He's the yes guy. He can do what the fuck he wants. <laughs> uh, someone asked him if there's any vocalist he's thought of collaborating with. And he's like, 
uh not really but um he remembers uh uh greg lake and like thought that they could do like everly brothers songs like oh, I, I guess wow. that was like an idea that he had huh um and um someone uh, he talked about like bird sounds and how he's able to like find them on like the computer and use them for music and he wants to create an organic soundscape that makes you feel like you're in the woods. Um, and he's also said he wouldn't mind touring China and Japan. Uh, and at the end, uh, someone asked if he had a Jeff Beck story. And John said that he had heard about him for years and saw a video of him performing last year and thought that he was unbelievably good and an amazing guitarist on many levels. Was that the first time he ever saw a video of him? Uh, it sounded like it. Like that's it sounded weird. like he had heard about him for years, and then that was like his first time. <laughs> that's <Yeah>. weird. <laughs> Talk about being in your own bubble. That's really bizarre. Yeah. Um, do you want to read this next news item we have? Yeah. Roger Dean announced Facebook Live Q&A Friday, February 17th. That's in two days, as we're live right now on the 15th. Freya and I will be doing a live Q&A this Friday at 6 p.m. I always forget what GMT is, so I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that's, uh, that's UK time. Right okay, now. that's UK yeah. time. Okay. Uh, so that's uh, minus, that's plus eight hours to Pacific Time U.S. for context. And we'd love for you to join us. Our collaborative exhibition, The Secret Path, has closed at the Chambers Project, and it felt like a good time to talk about the past, present, and future projects. If you'd like to ask a question, please do so in the comments here. We'll be taking questions live as well. We'll be kick, kicking off with questions in the comments of this post, and then there's a link there. You'll probably pop that in for folks, right? Yeah, definitely. Cool. Um, um, so that's cool. We're, we'll reach back out to Roger. For those of you who don't know, back in October, Steve and I was that October or November? It was October. It was October. Yeah, we went to San Francisco and we saw the um, Secret Paths exhibit and they let us film a documentary, which was really cool. So Steve's tightening that up and we reached out to Roger shortly before we went there, but then his mother passed and he went back to England. So we weren't able to get with him there and we're hoping to have him on the show. So we'll reach back out. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to this Q&A. I'm kind of wondering if maybe well i guess i'll know after i watch it like if i should like add some thoughts about it to the documentary um yeah but, why not yeah yeah like a little maybe at the end looking forward to their what their future projects are and mention them yeah that could be cool yeah so that's friday uh, i won't be able to watch it darn it oh is it going to archive, do you know? Yeah, yeah, it should archive. Like okay. all the other lives he's done in the past have archived. Okay, cool. Yeah. Great. And um, this next thing, uh, there's been this uh, fan-made thing on YouTube from Rael NYC. Uh, it's Yes, Relayer, and Solo Albums documentary. And this is the, I believe this is the same person who made a drama documentary and a Tales documentary. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you remember so, the reference of his name? I explained it the first time we talked about one of his uh, words. It's Lamb Lies Down on Broadway, right? Yeah. Rael is the character. It's a Puerto Rican yeah. gentleman in the story. And, of course, it takes place, well, a good part of it in New York City. Yeah. So I watched this. It's about 36 minutes, if I remember correctly. Oh, and... don't spoil too much. I haven't seen it. But <laughs> go ahead. Tell uh, me when to go. La, 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 la. <laughs> uh, I mean, I like the visuals, like the stuff that's provided, like, you know, the photos and what's sort of done uh, with the relay art, like to make the snake move, like at the beginning. Ooh, um, and, you know, I, I was getting so invested in the relay talk that I forgot. Oh, yeah. This also talks about the soul albums that came after. Um, Interesting. And, Are there any interview clips? Um, I don't think there were. I, I think... What's weird, though, I think there may have been a little snippet of uh, the 1978 Lord of the Rings film when talking mm. about, like, Relayer, you know, Gates of Delirium. I I'm pretty sure that's Excuse me. what it that's was. That's interesting. But... And I still have that on VHS, the original animated Lord of the Rings. 
Um, well, I think you gave it to me, and that's what I have. Oh, but, you have yeah. it then. Okay. Do you remember watching it when you were little? Yeah. I, I Last time I watched it um, was three years ago, I think. Oh, cool. Yeah. But later versions have, like, alternate narration at the very end. It's it, it, People can find that on YouTube. Like, just Interesting. search Lord of the Rings 1978 and narration or something. You could probably find it. Cool. So um, in this relayer thing, how is it? Does he tell the story? Is it all yeah. done? Okay. Cool. Yeah. Um, and yeah, again, I think it's cool that he does these like, um, I guess, primers for anyone getting into each of these eras. Yeah. And looking back that don't know the story. Yeah. Um, all right. And recently, King Crimson... Um, made a post where they said Alex Stormy Mundy was recently sent to 1984 show for addition to the archives and has dusted it off pretty sharpish as he liked it so much. This great sounding audience recording from King Crimson's 1984 North American tour has a band in lively form. Welcome to Santa Cruz. I so, saw that tour. Oh, yeah, I was going to ask if that's the one you yeah, saw. Yeah, it is. Yeah, at the Greek Theater in L.A. And I remember it was um, not raining, but it was misting quite a bit um, mm. for a while. And it, that's one of my favorite concert videos uh, in of them doing that tour in Tokyo. Yeah, Three of yeah that was from that same year, right? Yeah, it's, it, that's just such a great concert. It really is. It yeah. blew, and the seeing it blew my mind. It was great. Yeah. And um, speaking of Tokyo, I see that the original Asia page um, posted a clip of Only Time Will Tell from that Fantasia 2007 concert, which is getting its three LP uh, Black Heavyweight release on mm. February 24th, I think. So cool. Yeah, just an, another nice little reminder of that release. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, so... Now we get into a, a couple like cover related things that yeah. we sort of discovered. So I saw that Trevor Horn uh, shared this one. Um, he's, he shared the cover of Teenage, uh, is a video of Teenage Dads covering Video Killed the Radio Star. And it sounds really good. And he comments, I wrote this song 40 years ago and can't believe it still appeals to the youngsters. I particularly like the gag with the telephone. Um, and in the video, like one of the performers has like an old looking telephone. That For that like megaphone part? Yeah. The, yeah, that's great. That's great. It would have been, yeah, not to say that's not creative, but I always uh, think of like a jack-in-the-box speaker, an old drive through speaker. <laughs> and being at the other end of it and hearing the guy say that split screen. <laughs> yeah. But that's cool. And um, this next one is one that you actually sent my way. Uh, so this is a little girl named Ellen Alaverdian, or I hope yeah. I pronounced that correctly. Alaverdian. Um, yeah, Alaverdian's cover of Roundabout. And I saw her cover uh, a couple things with emulating Bootsy Collins, which is awesome. Mm. And... Um, when I saw that she was talking about, she's about to play Roundabout, I'm like, okay, check this out. Now, she doesn't play the whole song. She basically plays the rib. And what impressed me the most is, if you haven't seen Ellen, that there's a link there, Steve will pop it in. She's nine years old, so she's got little fingers. She didn't play it with a pick like Chris does or Billy. She played it with her fingers. And I'm like, how can she even do that? She's nine, she's got little fingers, and she's playing, she's finger picking it. It's amazing. It's it's a few measures of it. It's the riff maybe through two or three times. Very impressive. She's amazing. She's adorable. Uh, I think that's her dad playing the drums in the picture-in-picture part, and who's kind of coaching when she is, you know, he's saying, and what album is it on, and what year, and, you know, and she's going, she's so adorable. <laughs> and I wonder, like, people like her and um, um, Nandi Bouchelle, uh, there's been a few other, you know, young prodigies like that that are awesome at emulating, but I hope that they grow into their own and can be creative 
Like, no offense to Nandy, but I've never seen her do a drum solo. Or, <laughs> you know, well, I mean, it. you know, it's one thing to be really good at emulating something. It's another thing to have your own creativity. I'm not saying anything's right or wrong. They're two completely different skills. Mm. And if you emulate more and more and more types of musicians on your instrument, you will be better as your own creative because it gives you more tools in the toolbox. So I hope she, if she wants to pursue this as a musician, that she gets creative and finds her own voice if you will on the instrument but she's so much fun to watch she's great yeah i mean lots of people start by having their influences and trying to figure their stuff out but eventually evolve and make their own mm -hmm. material that's has like some traces of their influences but can become their own thing you know absolutely absolutely and then uh the band awaken our friends at awaken uh just shared beautiful duets sung by their vocalist Ron Alonzo and his daughter Kaylee. I think that's how her name is pronounced. Yeah. Yeah, on her wedding day, the song was I Hope You Dance by Lee Ann uh, Womack and Sons of the Desert. Uh, released. That was very beautiful. Yeah, that yeah. was great. Also, they released a two-part of Keyboard Deep Dive of Close to the Edge. That was awesome, too. I love that stuff, breaking down iconic pieces of music and techniques and gear and stuff like that and then more 2023 dates coming up the soonest being march 4th chris guar's birthday at the golden nugget in atlantic city new jersey that's awesome guys come out west for goodness <laughs> sake come to the northwest the pacific west the southwest where i am i'd love to see you guys in person and say hello yeah and and jam yeah and total mass retain um also have a show on March 5th at Daryl's house in Pauling, New York. So, yeah, I mean, if people were in like around that area, they could go to one concert one day and then other one the next one. That'd be like a lot of fun. If someone um, does that, if any of you do that, send us a review. Send us a review and, and we'll add it to a news desk report. Yeah, that would be awesome. Um, yeah, so this March 5th show will be Chris Squire inspired. Um, so I, if I remember correctly, I think this is this might have a little bit of like Chris Squire solo stuff as well. So I'm very oh. curious to see like what the set list ends up being. Yeah. Um, uh, Total Mastertain also reiterated that the Barnum Ballroom show will not be rescheduled. Uh, that's the one where like there are all the health reasons and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but they'll look for a different Long Island venue. And also on February 6th, they posted a tribute to Tim Tobish uh, that reads, The Yes Fans community lost a dear friend, Tim Tobish, known lovingly to us as Timo. In this case, Yes Fans community stems back to the days of YesFans.com, where many of us forged brothers slash sisterhoods over the dedication love and debates surrounding yes which evolved into so much more preceding facebook as a central channel of community it was our home timo was a bright star a huge fan a great friend a blast to party with and a great good person we'll never forget you buddy so hmm. yeah it's a really nice tribute and i hope i didn't mispronounce it. i realized maybe it could be timo but it's probably timo yeah yeah but okay. that's okay you have that yeah. uh, socal accent Right. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's always tough losing, um, someone and, you know, this was someone part of the fan community. So mm -hmm. it, it's nice that they made that post for him. Yeah, absolutely. It, that lives up to the word community, you know? Yeah. Um, and I also saw that a band called the complex are going to be covering yes and other prog band music. So they have a concert taking place April 1st at Stroker's Ice House in Dallas, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time. That's a four-hour show. I wonder if they're doing repeat sets or different sets with intermissions or just blowing through it in four hours. Yeah, well, they'll be interpreting Rush's moving pictures in its entirety. Oh, wow. And, and side two of... Uh, Yes is Close to the Edge, as well as Machine Messiah. There's actually a video of them rehearsing Machine Messiah on YouTube from last year. It's which a fun song made. to play. Uh, plus more selections from other prog giants, Genesis, King Crimson, and Pink Floyd. 
So that sounds like a kick-ass concert, right? For there. sure. Yeah, and awesome to them for keeping that music alive and being performed. That's great. Yeah, and as for Rick Wakeman, uh, he's ever busy. Um, he actually couldn't put out like an actual grumpy old Rick ramblings post for this month because <laughs> he's, like, he's like super busy rehearsing for the Palladium shows. But um, I saw that he's a guest on this upcoming Anne Margaret album called Born to be Wild, which I think we have an image of that we can show. Yeah. Um, and he's on the song Teach Me Tonight. Um, yeah, the, uh, there are some interesting guests on this thing. I see that. Oh, Pete Townsend is on the second track of this, Bye Bye Love. Um, and there are other names I don't quite recognize, but yeah, it's like a lot of musicians. Oh, some Jim Phantom is on the track. Oh, interesting. Um, so do you yeah. know a Rick Wakeman and Margaret tie from a motion picture? Um, not off the top of my head. So Anne Margaret was in the movie with Roger Daltrey, Listomania, but it was called Litzomania, L-I-T-Z. Oh. But it was about um, Mr. Litz, the amazing composer. And uh, Rick Wakeman plays this almost Frankenstein type character. Oh, is that the one? Yeah, I, I've seen a clip of that where he plays Thor, but yeah. it looks like a robotic. He's all silver painted. Yeah, and he yeah. was brought to life. <laughs> He's on this like like mad scientist table. And instead of the the big giant like Tesla rods and all this, he's surrounded by all these musical instruments that I'm pretty sure he did the music for. Yeah, so he, was, he did the music for Listomania. Yeah. yeah, so the trumpets and all this stuff's blasting at him and it brings him to life and he gets up <laughs> and he kind of, you know, like a Frankenstein walking for the first time. And then he pulls out this silver hose and pees on this on the fireplace and puts it out. It's actually pretty funny, but that's the the tie of Anne Margaret and Rick Wakeman in a motion picture together. Great movie. Yeah, I'll, I'll have to watch that in full if I can figure out like where to get it. But yeah, Born to Be Wild comes out April fourteenth, and uh, this last item we have here, uh, this is due April twenty eighth from Cherry Red Records. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, one of Steve Howe's pre-Yes bands, I think it might have been, well, I don't know for sure. I was going to say maybe it's the last one before joining uh, Yes, but like uh, for some the, or reason, the order of it gets jumbled up for me. But Yeah, and I'm sorry, the image uh, isn't there, and I'm afraid if I, let me just see something real quick. Uh, we, we don't need to stress about it, but basically okay. – um, this is a Steve Howe's reimagining of Tomorrow's debut album, and it's titled Permanent Dream. I love the name. I love that. Yeah, and the the colors on the cup and like the letters like feel like an inversion of the blue and pink big generator. Cover. Absolutely. Yeah, that's the first thing I thought of. Yeah, darn. Yeah, I don't know weird. how I didn't bring that up. I just want to see if it's handy without. Yeah. Okay. Hold on. I have it. Bear with okay. me. This is worth looking at. Let me just find the right folder. Bear with me, folks. Stand by and someone that knows what they're doing will be right with you. <laughs> Here it is. So I'll have, there we go. That is, like, it took me a while to read that background, believe it or not. And it was like, oh, pff, duh. But th that's really neat. And it does remind me of Big Generator, which is really interesting, being that it's not a Steve Howe album. But uh, Permanent Dream, great name, crazy artwork. And I, I'm sorry, is this a new album? Uh, so this is a reimagining of the first Tomorrow album. album. Oh, let I'm me, sorry. Okay, great. Yeah, l let me just look at the description. Uh, great, so Steve's on it. Forward. Yeah. Awesome. Sorry, um, I missed that. Yeah, so, I was tripping on, where's the picture? <laughs> yeah, it says, A fresh new version of Tomorrow's legendary debut album reimagined by Steve Howe, post-produced using the technology now available on the balance and edits to enhance and represent what the band were trying to achieve 55 years ago. So he did it? Yeah, apparently. Wow, that's neat. Uh, featuring <laughs> some less well-known studio tracks, a new title, running order, and sleeve creating the psychedelic masterpiece they always envisaged. Um, 
So yeah, I'm very That's curious cool. about this. I, I want to like listen to the tomorrow stuff as it came out, and then listen to and th- this. And absolutely, yeah, yeah. Imagine if someone heard the Virgil's Yes remixes first, and then went back and heard Heart of the Sunrise, Circus of Heaven, all those. Like, I wonder if they'd have the same crazy what the heck reaction as the other way, you know? Yeah. I thought you were going to say, imagine if someone listened to Yes remixes in the 60s and it would oh. just like melt their mind. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. So like we mentioned earlier, um, because of our schedules, there's going to be like a bit of a break between episodes um mm-hmm. on my end i see that we have march 2nd as the next time we can do this yeah um, that's not that far off that's yeah, actually so. you know that's only basically a week one week and a few days break so yeah basically yeah, a um, week and a half so yeah I, I there are like a couple ideas we have to like shift around because of like scheduling so but yeah. we'll, we'll get to that stuff eventually um yeah, I know. I I still need to like believe it or not, start reading Trevor Horn's memoir. I've just got like so much going on. I have it right um, here. I need to dive into it too it, with my mountain of available time. Right. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah. So just stay. Um, just keep following uh, Facebook.com/slash/yesshift and keep an eye on our posts. We'll pin like whenever. Uh, we know what our topic will be and the exact time it's happening. And there's other fun yeah. stuff that Steve puts up there as well, uh, news and different things as they come out. And you can write us if you have comments, questions, suggestions. We're open to them. And that's yesshiftpodcast at gmail.com. You can listen to us if you're a podcast listener. You can listen to us at anchor.fm slash Yes, Shift, we're on all the big platforms, and you can even donate to us if you want. And you can follow us on YouTube at www.youtube.com slash at sign Yes, Shift. Yeah, so thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you all in the near future. Absolutely. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate it.